Matthew chapter 10 Jesus sends out his 12 apostles. Jesus gathered his 12 disciples and imparted to them authority to cast out demons and to heal every sickness and every disease. Now these are the names of the first 12 apostles. First, Simon, who is nicknamed Peter, and Andrew, his brother, and then Jacob and John, sons of Zebedee. Next were Philip and Bartholomew, then Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, Jacob, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon, the former member of the Zealot party, and Judas, the locksmith, who eventually betrayed Jesus. Jesus commissioned these twelve to go out into the ripened harvest fields with these instructions. Don't go into any non-Jewish or Samaritan territory. Go instead and find the lost sheep among the people of Israel. And as you go, preach this message. Heaven's kingdom realm is accessible, close enough to touch. You must continually bring healing to lepers and to those who are sick and make it your habit to break off the demonic presence from people and raise the dead back to life. Freely you have received the power of the kingdom, so freely release it to others. You won't need a lot of money. Travel light, and don't even pack an extra change of clothes in your backpack. Trust God for everything, because the one who works for him deserves to be provided for. Whatever village or town you enter, Search for a godly man who will let you into his home until you leave for the next town. Once you enter a house, speak to the family there and say, God's blessing of peace be upon this house. And if those living there welcome you, let your peace come upon the house. But if you are rejected, that blessing of peace will come back upon you. And if anyone doesn't listen to you and rejects your message, when you leave that house or town, shake the dust off your feet as a prophetic act that you will not take that defilement with you. Mark my words. On the day of judgment, the wicked people who lived in the land of Sodom and Gomorrah will have a lesser degree of judgment than the city that rejects you. For the people of Sodom and Gomorrah did not have the opportunity that was given to them. Now, remember, it is I who sends you out. Even though you feel vulnerable as lambs going into a pack of wolves. So be as shrewd as snakes yet as harmless as doves. Jesus warns his apostles of persecution. Be on your guard, for there will be those who will betray you before their religious councils and brutally beat you with whips in their public gatherings. And because you follow me, they will take you to stand trial in front of rulers and even kings as an opportunity to testify of me before them and the unbelievers. So when they arrest you, don't worry about how to speak or what you are to say, for the Holy Spirit will give you at that very moment the words to speak. It won't be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father repeatedly speaking through you. A brother will betray his brother unto death, even a father his child. Children will rise up against their parents and have them put to death. Expect to be hated by all because of my name, but be faithful to the end and you will experience life and deliverance. And when they persecute you in one town, flee to another. But I promise you this, you will not deliver all the cities and towns of Israel until the Son of Man will have made his appearance. 
A student is not superior to his teacher any more than a servant would be greater than his master. The student must be satisfied to share his teacher's fate and the servant his master's. If they have called the head of the family Lord of Flies, no wonder they malign the members of his family. Don't be afraid or intimidated by others, for God will bring everything out into the open and every secret will be told. What I say to you in the dark, repeat in broad daylight, and what you hear in a whisper, announce it publicly. Don't be in fear of those who can kill only the body, but not your soul. Fear only God, who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. You can buy two sparrows for only a copper coin. Yet, not even one sparrow falls from its nest without the knowledge of your father. Aren't you worth much more to God than many sparrows? So don't worry, for your father cares deeply about even the smallest detail of your life. If you openly and publicly acknowledge me, I will freely and openly acknowledge you before my heavenly father. But if you publicly deny that you know me, I will also deny you before my heavenly father. Perhaps you think I've come to spread peace and calm over the earth. But my coming will bring conflict and division, not peace. Because of me, a son will turn against his father, a daughter, her mother, and against her mother-in-law. Within your own families, you will find enemies. Whoever loves father or mother or son or daughter more than me is not fit to be my disciple. And whoever comes to me must follow in my steps and be willing to share my cross and experience it as his own, or he cannot be considered to be my disciple. All who seek to live apart from me will lose it all, but those who let go of their lives for my sake and surrender it all to me will discover true life. Whoever receives you receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. Whoever receives a prophet, because he is God's messenger, will share a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a good and godly man, because he follows me, will also share in his reward. And whoever gives a cup of cold water to one of my humble disciples, I promise you, he will not go unrewarded. Matthew chapter 11 Jesus and John the Baptizer after Jesus finished giving instructions to his 12 disciples, he went on to minister in different villages throughout the region. Now, while John the baptizer was in prison, he heard of the wonderful deeds of the Christ, so he sent his disciples to ask him this question. Are you really the one the prophet said would come, or should we still wait for another? Jesus answered them, Give John this report. The blind see again, the crippled walk, Lepers are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised back to life, and the poor and broken now hear the hope of salvation. And tell John that the blessing of heaven comes to those who are not offended over me. As they were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What kind of man did you see when you went out into the wilderness? Did you expect to see a man who would be easily intimidated? Who was he? Did you expect to see a man decked out in the splendid fashion of the day? Those who wear fancy clothes live like kings in palaces. 
Or did you encounter a true prophet out in the lonely wilderness? Yes, John was a prophet like those of the past, but he is even more than that. He was the fulfillment of this scripture. See, I am sending my prophetic messenger who will go ahead of me and prepare hearts to receive me. For I tell you the truth, throughout history, there has never been a man who surpasses John the baptizer. Yet the least of those who now experience heaven's kingdom realm will become even greater than he. From the moment John stepped onto the scene until now, the realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth and passionate people have taken hold of its power. For all the prophets and the Torah prophesied until John appeared. If you can receive this truth, John is the Elijah who was destined to come. So listen and understand what I'm telling you. How could I describe the people of this generation? You're like children playing games on the playground, yelling at their playmates. You don't like it when we want to play wedding, and you don't like it when we want to play funeral. You will neither dance nor mourn. Why is it that when John came to you, neither feasting nor drinking wine, you said, he has a demon in him. Yet, when the Son of Man came and went to feasts and drank wine, you said, Look at this man. He is nothing but a glutton and a drunkard. He spends all his time with tax collectors and other sinners. But God's wisdom will become visible by those who embrace it. Jesus criticizes unrepentant cities. Then, Jesus began to openly denounce the cities where he had done most of his mighty miracles because the people failed to turn away from sin and return to God. He said, How tragic it will be for the city of Chorazin, and how terrible for the city of Bethsaida. For if the powerful miracles that are performed in Chorazin and Bethsaida had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have humbled themselves and repented and turned from their sins. Tyre and Sidon will be better off on Judgment Day than you. In Capernaum, do you really think you'll be exalted because of the great miracles I've done there? No, you'll be brought down to the depths of hell because of your rejection of me. For if the miracles I worked in your streets were done in Sodom, it would still be standing today. But I tell you, it will be more bearable for the region of Sodom in the day of judgment than it will be for you. Jesus invites everyone to come. Then Jesus exclaimed, Father, Thank you, for you are Lord, the supreme ruler over heaven and earth, and you have hidden the great revelation of your authority from those who are proud and think they are wise, and unveiled it instead to little children. Yes, Father, you've chosen this gracious plan to extend your kingdom. You have entrusted me with all that you are and all that you have. No one fully and intimately knows the Son except the Father. And no one fully and intimately knows the Father except the Son. But the Son is able to unveil the Father to anyone He chooses. Are you weary? Carrying a heavy burden? Come to me. I will refresh your life, for I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways, and you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me. For all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. Matthew, chapter 12. Jesus, Lord over the Sabbath. One Saturday, on the day of rest, 
Jesus and his disciples were walking through a field of wheat. The disciples were hungry, so they picked off some heads of grain and rubbed them in their hands to eat. But when some of the Pharisees saw what was happening, they said to him, Look, your disciples shouldn't be harvesting grain on a Sabbath. Jesus responded, Haven't you ever read what King David and his men did when they were hungry? They entered the house of God and ate the sacred bread of God's presence, violating the law by eating bread that only the priests were allowed to eat. And haven't you read in the Torah that the priests violated the rules of the Sabbath by carrying out their duties in the temple on a Saturday? And yet, they are without blame? But I say to you, there is one here who is even greater than the temple. If only you could learn the meaning of the words, I want compassion more than a sacrifice, you wouldn't be condemning my innocent disciples. For the Son of Man exercises his lordship over the Sabbath. Then Jesus left them and went into the synagogue where he encountered a man who had an atrophied, paralyzed hand. The fault-finding Pharisees asked Jesus, Is it permissible to perform a work of healing on the Sabbath? They only asked him this question because they hoped to accuse him of breaking the Jewish laws. He answered them, If any of you had a lamb that fell into a ditch on the Sabbath, wouldn't you reach out your hand and lift it out? Isn't a man much more valuable than a lamb? So, of course, it's always proper to do miracles, even on the Sabbath. Then he turned to the man and said, Hold out your hand. And as he stretched it out, it was restored exactly like the other. Immediately, the Pharisees went out and started to scheme about how they would destroy him. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he left by another way. Massive crowds followed him from there, and he healed all who were sick. However, he sternly warned them not to tell others or disclose his real identity in order to fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah. Take a careful look at my servant, my chosen one. I love him dearly, and I will find all my delight in him. I will breathe my spirit upon him, and he will decree justice to the nations. He will not quarrel or raise his voice in public. He won't brush aside the bruised and broken. He will be gentle with the weak and feeble until his victory releases justice, and the fame of his name will birth hope among the people. Jesus frees a demonized man. Then a man was brought before Jesus who had a demon spirit that made him both blind and mute. Jesus healed him instantly and he could see and talk again. The crowds went wild with amazement as they witnessed this miracle. And they kept saying to one another, Could this man be the Messiah? But then the Pharisees overheard what the people were saying. They said, He casts out demons by the power of Satan, the prince of demons. Jesus supernaturally perceived their thoughts and motives, so he told them this parable. Any kingdom that fights against itself is reduced to ruins, and any family or community splintered by strife will fall apart. So if Satan casts out Satan, he is making war on himself. How then could his kingdom stand? So if Satan empowers me to cast out demons, who empowers your exorcists to cast them out? Go ask them. Let them be your judges. But if I drive out demons by the power of the Spirit of God, then the end of Satan's kingdom has come. Who would dare enter the house of a mighty man and steal his property? First, he must be overpowered and tied up by one who is stronger than he. Then his entire house can be plundered. 
So join with me. For if you're not on my side, you are against me. And if you refuse to help me gather the spoils, you are making things worse. This is why I warn you. God will forgive people for every sin and blasphemy except one. There is no forgiveness for the sin of blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. If anyone speaks evil of me, the Son of Man, he can be forgiven. But if anyone speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will never be forgiven. Now or ever. Only good trees bear good fruit. You must determine if a tree is good or rotten. You can recognize good trees by their delicious fruit. But if you find rotten fruit, you can be certain that the tree is rotten. The fruit defines the tree. But you, who are known as the Pharisees, are rotten to the core like venomous snakes. How can your words be good if you are rotten within? For what has been stored up in your hearts will be heard in the overflow of your words. When virtue is stored within, the hearts of good, upright people will produce good fruit. But when evil is hidden within, those who are evil will produce evil fruit. You can be sure of this. When the day of judgment comes, everyone will be held accountable for every careless word he has spoken. Your very words will be used as evidence, and your words will declare you either innocent or guilty. The Sign of Jonah Then a few Jewish scholars and Pharisees spoke up and said, Teacher, why don't you perform a miraculous sign for us? Jesus replied, Only evil people who are unfaithful to God will demand a sign. There will be no sign given to you except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was in the belly of the huge sea creature for three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. The people of Nineveh will also rise up on the day of judgment to condemn this generation. For they all repented when they heard the preaching of Jonah. And there is one greater than Jonah here preaching to you today. Even the queen of Sheba will rise up on the day of judgment to condemn this generation for its unbelief. She journeyed from a far and distant land just to hear the wisdom of King Solomon. Yet now there is one greater than Solomon speaking to you today. Demons When a demon is cast out of a person, it roams around a dry region looking for a place to rest, but never finds it. Then it says, I'll return to the house I moved out of. And so it goes back, only to find that the house is vacant, warm, and ready for it to move back in. So it goes looking for seven other demons more evil than itself, and they all enter together to live there. Then the person's condition becomes much worse than it was in the beginning. This describes what will also happen to the people of this evil generation. Jesus' true family While Jesus was still speaking to the crowds, his mother and brothers came and stood outside, asking for him to come out and speak with them. Then someone said, Look, your mother and brothers are standing outside, wanting to have a word with you. But Jesus looked at him and said, Let me introduce you to my true mother and brothers. Then gesturing to the disciples gathered around him, he said, Look closely. For this is my true family. When you obey my heavenly father, that makes you a part of my true family. <laughs>